Kalimera, Kalispera, whatever time you are watching, this is Mappa. Now, before I introduce our guest, I told everyone from the start that we will be starting season 23, 24 with a bang. I think we've done that so far with Basel Dradi, Rio Sotirio, two big names that we know about. But here's a big name, a gentleman that is known for his SNC skills, his statistical analysis, his ability to get the best out of players off the field. He is the founder and CEO of S11 Limited and a gentleman who I am absolutely honoured to have on this podcast. Not just what, what he did for my club on Monia, but what he's been doing for Cypriot football and football in general. Leonida Babadagi. Fila, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for your time and thank you for joining me. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Fila, thank you very much. Said it's, an honor to, it's an honour to have you on, man, because everyone knows you. Everyone knows you. And I'm saying to myself, if I can get this guy on this podcast, hmm, there are levels. There are levels. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we, we get more fans. Of course. Of course. You, me, me. I need more fans. I need you. more fans. You've got loads of fans. <laughs> You've got too many. (laughs) Well, Philip, before we talk about your time in Cyprus, can you give me a bit of background on your your education, how you got into football and and how you ended up doing what you're doing? Okay, I started uh, in uh, the age of 17, being inside the the, the sports uh, educational studies in Athens. And uh, uh, by accident or by, by love, I went to football because uh, when I was younger, all team sports, any any sport that had a ball and a team, I was inside there. Maybe it was volleyball, water polo, football, uh, any any handball in all the sports. I enjoyed doing things all the time and playing with other kids, but all the time with a ball. Uh, when I started, I started uh, in an older age being inside football industry. Uh, in the age of 30 and, uh, and from then and this was maybe luck for me, I started gaining uh, uh, promotions with the teams that I was all the time and from the 4th division in Greece we won championship, we went to 3rd division, I transferred to another team, we promoted to 2nd division, we won the championship I went to the 1st division so all, this, all these things were lessons for me, and this was a good thing for my experience. Uh, in about 2012, 2013, I was in in Yanina, in Pas Yanina, and it was a team that it was an underdog. Uh, we were probably were the first team that they said that they we will relegate. But in this season, we achieved to 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 go to the European qualification games inside the the five best teams in Greece with a really, really small budget. And this changed my career. Uh, from this, uh, I went outside. I worked to, to, uh, to the Ukrainian league when uh, it was a really powerful league. It was the seventh in the ranking of UEFA with uh, Shakhtar and Dynamo Kiev. Really, really good teams that were achieving, uh, getting inside the four of the European qualification, the Championship uh, League and uh, the Europa League then. Really, really powerful teams and really strong uh, league. After this, I went back to Greece. I went to Astelas Tripolis. We achieved again European qualifications. Again, as underdogs, we were relegating. And at the second round, uh, we did almost the, uh, the, 
we won all uh, the same similar games as the team that won the league. And uh, this uh, gave us uh, again European qualification tickets. And then I moved to, to Omonia, <laughs> your favorite team, and the team that I had uh, a lot of uh, happy things, happy moments. Uh, and especially with the fans, we have a really, really great touch. And uh, you know what happened then. I stayed uh, almost three years there. The first year was a year, a difficult year because they had uh, the ownership change at the first year and everything was un in an unbalanced uh, mode. But after this, we found our steps and with the arrival of uh, Henning Berg, everybody uh, get together. We created a powerful staff, scientific support staff and coaching staff. And with the board and the fans, we achieved uh, to win the league, but at the same time, and this was an honor for me, we achieved to be at the first time in the history of the team to the European uh, stages that Omonia never did it before. And this came at, at the same year that uh, we were going as underdogs for the title. We had the fourth of the fifth budget of, uh, of the league, of the Cypriot league, but we achieved with a really small roster of players uh, to to win the title and uh, to have all these amazing uh, moments uh, at the European uh, games that we played. You know the, the how we continued. Okay, I didn't agree with some things uh, with the board about how we want to move on and uh, how I had in my mind the continuousness of uh, of uh, my. Uh, department, the physical department, and uh, I moved one year to Apoel, and then uh, now to Paphos. Uh, after this, as you know, as we discussed and as we said at the start, I will put my energy and my time to my company, the S11 Limited, and uh, try to support clubs, teams, uh, coaches, uh, and having all the scientific support and players, all the scientific support that uh, this the football industry needs nowadays. Wafile, I'm certain your company will be a huge success, not just because of your uh, background, because of your experience, but I think your determination and your your ability to think outside the box. I think that's what you know leaves you far ahead of everyone else. In all fairness, I'm pretty sure you'd be a success, but. But, but going back to, let's just say, between the time you started your, your role as an SNC coach right the way through before Omonia. So let's say that period when you went to the various clubs. I know I, I speak to a lot of people in Cyprus that want to get involved in football and they have maybe a defeatist attitude in the sense that, oh, we're from Cyprus. No one's going to take us serious. No one in Greece is going to take us serious. We want to be in England. We want to be in France. It's great to have dreams. But I think your proof that you can make it in a pretty small environment compared to the bigger nations, so to speak. So I, was there any point where you felt, I can't do this, this isn't for me? Or were you just, I'm going to do this whether people like it or not? Okay, it's a really, really difficult thing. And uh, our nationality plays a really uh, a role that uh, it stops us. It, it don't open the doors for us. Uh, I had a lot of discussions and with colleagues and with the board, and with boards and uh, with teams, clubs, 
when they show Greek or Cypriot nationality, even at the staffs, the clubs, the, the teams, everybody that's involved in football, they stopped us. They said, okay, you are lowest level. Okay, we don't know. You can achieve this. Can you do it or not? Are you good enough? Can you be competitive in a higher level? And uh, we were laughing and saying with a lot of friends that imagine that if we had the Spanish nationality or Port Portuguese nationality, what we could achieve and at the same time have the same knowledge and the same knowledge and the same things. But what we have and what we do, and this is the difference, and no one can understand this, especially in the, in the Western Europe, is that we can adapt really fast. Because we, 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 our daily routines are so tough, so difficult. We don't have the facilities, we don't have the personnel, we don't have a lot of crucial things to do our job. We have to invent, we have to work with our mind all the time, we have to create things all the time. So imagine uh, guys that are going out from uh, Greece or Cyprus and moving up to England, that everything is ready, everything is packed, everything is clean, everything is organized in Germany, in Sweden, in uh, Belgium or everywhere. It is such a, an easy environment for us to do things and develop. The bad thing is that they don't trust us and we need more time. The good thing is that as the time passes, the younger ages, not only my age and me, but the younger ages that are coming from behind, the new way uh, tries to be competitive, and they are competitive. And all the other guys says, okay, what happens? Uh, Cyprus is uh, such a small country. How they can have three or four teams at the European uh, stages? How can they achieve this thing? Or they, we have uh, Greek teams that they play by, to, the, to the final eight or the final four, of the Europa or the Conference League, how they can achieve this, how they do this thing. They have such, such financial problems. Uh, they, they, we don't think they have the knowledge to do, but how they achieve this. And now they try to open the doors and especially in the players that they are moving out uh, from the boards that they're doing, they're doing quite well. They are a good thing to do because they will bring more guys in and more coaches outside from all uh, specificities and and they will bring more players out and clubs that will go outside they say oh they are from cyprus oh they are from greece they, they are good competitive teams be careful of this uh, of these teams they are fighting they are doing things uh, it's difficult it was difficult i faced it because of what i told you the nationality but now it's starting to change the next question is leading on to the, the the talent and the ability and also your work in the sense that if you look at Croatia, for example, and this is a conversation I had a few days ago with a friend, they have around 3 million people in the country and yet they continue to produce incredible players, incredible coaches, incredible SNC staff, exactly. whatever. But then you have Cyprus and Greece and look, Greece is a huge country and we know about the history of the football clubs there. But it's almost as if so, uh, most of the players don't move forward. It's like the coaches don't move forward. Do you think it's a, it's a mentality thing? Yes. As well as, this is number yeah. one. This is number one. Mentality is the major, major problem that we have in these countries because um, we have a lot of talent, but we get inside the maintenance mode. So we say that we are good enough. We don't need to try more and reach our potentials. This is number one. 
Now it's starting to change from the younger ages, the younger guys. But the second major thing, that major problem, is the organization. We do, we are, we are, uh, we are nations that we do things, but not organized. We do th things individually. We don't things, we don't do things all together. Having a plan, sitting down, doing things all together. Imagine. Uh, that uh, Portugal is 10 million. It's like Greece. See how many coaches are Portuguese. It's like an export uh, uh, product for, for Portugal. Why they did this thing? Okay, the start, as everybody knows, was with uh, Mourinho. But why this happened? Because there was a university there and two, three smart guys uh, that they created a periodization uh, model of training process and an approach. They tried to build it and say this is the Portuguese way and this expanded to all the world. All together they sit down and they did this thing and they started working in one model. I said this to one big, big coach of Greece, big coach of uh, a Greek coach that he, he worked in Western Europe, he, he played in a top level, etc. They said to him, okay, let's sit down. I have the knowledge to do it in the physicality way, but in the performance too. You will put your technical, tactical aspects and we will start creating some blocks of training and try to present it to the other Greek coaches and to the Federation and say, we need to be in one mode altogether and try to support each other and try to expand it to the whole Europe. And he said, uh, maybe tomorrow. Okay, let's go for a coffee now. Maybe tomorrow. This is... But when he gets inside the job, maybe in two hours, he can do the job of 10 hours of a German coach. This is the difference. We have talent and we spend it in the air. We don't organize it. We don't plan it to put it in a way. The second thing is that our countries, and I know it because I worked in three big clubs in Cyprus, and I know, believe me, because I have friends in all the clubs in Cyprus, the boards don't appreciate and respect the locals. But the locals are in a, in a very good level. But because he's Cypriot, let's bring the Spanish guy. Let's yep. trust the Croatian guy. Let's... Why? I cannot understand these things. Who are you that you can uh, test my knowledge? You don't have the knowledge to do these things. But you do it. We don't have recruitment uh, responsibles in the clubs. That they know the job and they choose wisely. And yeah. they put guys and local guys inside there that they can help them. And they are half the price or one third of the price. And they prefer to pay because he's coming from the Spanish uh, school. So he knows more. Yes. Why? Phila, do you know the irony about the whole situation, what you just mentioned? I'm going to mention Omonia because we'll, let's move over to Omonia now because I've got a few things to ask about this one. But the, the irony of what you just said, if you look at Omonia's youth academy and the players that have come through, one player was sold to Sporting Kansas for over a million, exactly. roughly. Yeah. Since when have Omonia ever sold a non-Cypriot player for a million. So they want to and, bring in the foreign and, players. And see, and see, 
because I know the players. I had them. These players, we speak about journeys, and they had these players from 16 years old. They've yep. grown up with me. I'm like, okay, a father for them. I, I look them like my kids. Of course. Because I had them for three years, and they were men in my hands. See how many players of the Cypriots, when the potato was hot, they were the guys that they were putting the ball inside the net. Yeah. Or they were the guys that were the key players for the crucial game. They were the guys, not the guys that they brought from outside and the tra big transfers that they made, but these Cypriot guys. And if I tell you the contracts, you will fall down from your chair. And they well, don't the, speak, for, for the and they for try the their best. Players. For the Cypriot players, oh, I know about the contracts. It's minimal, minimum wage. Not even that. Exactly. Not even that. I know. I know. Exactly. And they I don't know. speak. They work. And whenever the team asks them, they are the front line. The yeah. front line of the team. Yep. And, and I think that also contributes to their determination to want to leave Cyprus. Because they're fed up with it. They try, they try, they try. And they have a bad mentality it... too because they try to speak to them and sometimes even the boards and the clubs think that I am an enemy, but I am not an enemy. Mm. I say to these guys, you have to leave as soon as possible. Yep. The time that you see, the time that you see that you are you are trying to break the uh, you're trying to break the glass and trying to, to reach your potentials and your limits, you have to go. So you this will motivate you more. Don't stack up. Don't get inside the maintenance mode that I told you before. Don't don't say that it's good for you to have a nation of, uh, of one million to to celebrate for you. Go outside and make Europe celebrate for you. You can do yeah. it. Break the limits. Go away and let the club win. Have a profit too from the transfers that you make. But all these players, young players that have talent. When they break the glass and they start getting inside, they start 11, making good performances and all these things, they have to try to leave Cyprus. And the same with the clubs. They need to try to, to sell these players, to have profit and continue this thing. And this is how all this product, the Cypriot football, will move to the next level. You know, I don't... In, in Croatia, really... because you gave me an example... Because you gave me an example. Sorry yep. to interrupt you. No, 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 no. How, how many players are playing at the Croatian League of the starting eleven of the national team of Croatia? Not many, if any. If any. Not many, if any. Yeah, you're exactly. right. But exactly. see, see, the thing is, I could, I could then argue something else, and and I'm, I'll be opening another can of worms here. The first thing I will say is. I don't want to mention any names because it wouldn't be fair, but there are a lot of coaches in Cyprus. Like, the ones that I know are money anyway. There's a lot of them. And even some that have since left who deserve so much better. They deserve so much better for the hours that they put in, for the work that they do. They're underappreciated. I'm sure it's the same at many clubs in Cyprus. Many clubs. It happens. I'm going to open up on... okay, it happens. But yeah. this, is, this, is, this is football. This is football. It's of course. You need to try all the time. Staffs need to try all the time. And boards need to take decisions all the time. Of course. And th th this leads me on to my next question. And people are going to get fed up with me for asking this because I always discuss this on this podcast. I did an interview yesterday with a Leighton Orient striker. He plays League Two. They got promoted. He's playing in the first team. Scored nine or ten goals last season. He represented Cyprus at under-21 level. Uh, Ruel Sodirio. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, and I always tried to promote the Cypriots in the UK 
the Cypriots in America, in Australia, because we have a big community. Same with the Greeks as well. Don't get me wrong. Yes, Greek communities yes, throughout yes. the world. But with Cyprus being a, an island of one million people, uh, we have talented players, no doubt about it. You know, Sacha, Hamburg, Agulia, etc. Loizu, whoever. Hello, hello, hello. But we have talented players in the UK that can play for Cyprus. We have players in Arsenal's academy, Brighton's academy, West Ham's academy. Marcus Edwards is half Cypriot. He can play for the national team. Yes. So why aren't GOP looking abroad? In Australia, United States, wherever they're Cypriot players, why are they too focused on inside Cyprus? Do you know? You speak about the teams? No, the what players. teams and, and, and the national team and even GOP. Because I don't see many British-based players in, in the, in the under-21s. I see Okar, I see uh, Tate Trusty, I see a few others, but there's no emphasis on our ones in the UK or in Australia because we have talented players. Yes, but this is this this depends on the selections of the of each coach and how he can get in touch with them and see them and monitor how they do and what they do all the time. And uh, I don't think that this is a matter of, of the federation. I don't think that there is any. It's not a priority. That... It's not a priority. Okay. That, okay. So how can they progress? Probably. Probably, probably, but I, these are decisions that are made okay for the players, and sometimes maybe maybe it sounds bad, but I don't think it's it's true that you say that there are decisions that are made and somebody else is involved. And there are times that the head coaches of the national teams they have to monitor more carefully around the world, yeah, and choose. Yeah. Uh, wisely about this. It's not about a plan or restrictions or something that happens. I don't think. I don't okay. Think. Well, let's go back to Omonia then. Sorry to do this, but it was a, it was a successful time. You know, we won the league under Henning Berg. Okay, we we finished top during COVID. We won the league under Berg, which was a fantastic season, fantastic achievement. And then, obviously, we got to uh, Europa League, beat Partizan Belgrade in the, in the penalty shootout. Ernest Santa gave me his shirt. Lovely guy. Um, I gave it to my nephew. I shouldn't have done it, but I did anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> so it, it was will happen again. Be patient. Yeah, it will, it will fingers crossed. So it, it was a successful period under Henningberg, and all of a sudden you're gone. All of a sudden you're gone, and I'll be honest yes. with you. That summer you left, I had people messaging me, "What's going to happen? What's going to happen?" Because I know how important an SNC role is. I know that you have a bond with the players because what you discuss with the players, if they're on the treatment table or if they're just re recovering, you're their, you're their mentor, effectively. You're the shoulder to cry on. They tell you their problems. They tell you how they're feeling, all the psychological stuff. So you deal with more than just the scientific side. Go with that side. So when you left, people were saying to me, what's going to happen? I said, this is going to hurt us because the relationship that... Uh, Leonida has with the players, you can't buy. And it takes ages to develop trust with someone. So are you able to tell us or elaborate more on what happened? Yes, it's because... not the problem. It's not a, it's not a secret and it's not a problem. These are professional matters. It's not a problem. And now, especially now that uh, I don't have any problems to discuss about this. The sad thing is what you told me now. 
you told me a lot of uh, aspects of uh, my involvement with the team. And you know what is a sad thing? That there were a lot of key members inside the team that they did not understand what you said now, that you were out of the team. So the first thing is the lack of knowledge that there was at the team in a way that they, they cannot measure the way that you affect a team or not. And that's why a lot of the decisions that are made are wrong. The second thing, the why I did it is because I discussed it in a really high level. I don't want to say the names, but that was, I was in a table to be convinced to change my mind. And they said to me, please, next year we have to be all together, blah, blah, blah all these things. And I said, okay, listen, this is my my approach to football. A big club, if you see the history and you have to learn from history, if you, if you see how the big clubs they acted in their leagues, in the small to medium leagues, I don't speak about the Premier League, but I speak about the Serbian League, the Croatian League, the Greek League, the Czech League, the teams that were in front at the momentum that they were in front when all their opponents are dead and imagine that we won the league Apoel was crushed Apollon lost his coach after three four years and they tried to find their, their steps and Northosis was with the ups and downs that they had all the time and there were there were no opponents inside there and I said to the guys at the highest level. This is your momentum. So the next 10 years to be only you, this is your momentum. Boost it now. Boost the product, the club, not the product. Boost the club now. Because with the games that you will have the next year, nobody else can reach you. They will not have any money and the knowledge to do these things. So, the same thing happened with Olympiakos in Greece, the same thing happened with Red Star in Serbia, the same yep. thing happened with Spartak Prague in Czech, the same thing happened in all the small to medium leagues. In their momentum, the big clubs of the league, the big, big clubs, okay, the big clubs of the, of the Cypriot League are Omonia and Tapoel. The others comes, they are in a second mode, second gear. And that's changing, in terms that's of changing. Titles and, you need time. To gain of course, titles, but... to, to, reach, to reach these two teams, you need decades. It's not easy. You need decades to change this. It, it, well, look, in, in terms of a fan base, I agree. But if you look and at titles, other clubs... Fan and titles. This, this, oh. is what, this is how clubs are big. From the fans and the titles. And to, take, to, to reach these two teams, all the other teams needs minimum a decade. Minimum a decade. I, I, I will argue a little bit with that, Phile, because let's say, for example, Aris get into the Champions League group stages and they get further. For example, for example, I'm just saying hypothetically, if they get to the semi-finals, I know it's unrealistic, but stranger things have happened in football. I'm not saying it will happen, but let's just say hypothetically speaking, that one season, Aris getting into the semi-finals of the Champions League has eclipsed everyone in the history of Cypriot football. Okay. So everyone will know Aris. Okay. Yes, this doesn't make it make them a big team. 
Leicester did this in Premier League. Are they a big team? No, but they didn't build on it. No, they built. They stayed for about uh, four to five years at the top ranking table, at the top six. For five to six years after they won the league, they played in Champions League stages, they played in Europa League stages, they moved further in Europe, they were all the time competitive. Now they relegated again because this is, decisions. This is the will. You have to stay. Maintenance is not about five years or four years. It's about of decades. Of it's difficult to do it. And that's why I said that now it's the momentum for Ammonia. The time is now. Boost, boost it, and you will disappear from the second. There will yeah. not be a second guy. The, 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 the answers was uh, we are okay as we are. Why changing a thing that uh, is, uh, is successful? And, and this and this is a problem because I said exactly the same it's, thing. It's the maintenance mode, as I told you before. It's the maintenance mode. It's not. It's not the, the, the reaching my potentials. It's not the mode. Of course not. I try to reach my potentials. It's the mode. I'm okay as I am. You don't search all the time. You don't have the flame inside you all the time to do things to make it better and fail and do it again and fail and do it again and try more until the time that you will be the one. The thing is, I, I know about the facilities at the training ground. How They're anyone awful. can work. How anyone <laughs> no, can, no one work can work there. like this. No one it's beyond work. me. So, And I think the other factor, which we did not talk about, the important thing, during the pandemic, something that we've never experienced in our lifetime anyway, you were still there to help push the club to win the title through the questionable vaccine, which I'm not going to go into, through the government uh, push, through the media, through all the scaremongering, through everything, people being worried, the lockdowns, the curfews, everything. You were still there. And especially during the lockdowns when you guys were doing the online training sessions and that kind of stuff. How do you so, know all this? How do you know all these things? Because I, I know football. I know football. Uh, Is it football? At, at the time, especially at the first year, the second year that we we were we round up as first at the league table and it stopped. Uh, the time that me and the department that I was running, the physical department and the medical department, how we worked these two to three months was uh, writing it writing it down on a book. It was amazing. The the support of the scientific staff to the players daily when everything was closed and no one imagined that I had players from other rivals and they were begging please Leo uh, can we be in the program can, can I be inside the group too can we do this or that I was laughing I said okay well, I cannot <laughs> if they if they hear that uh, we help other yeah. other guys they will kill us <laughs> but but it was amazing the time and imagine that I was working the hours that I was working was maybe the same or more because yeah. we had double triple groups zoom sessions 
GPS data that we uploaded to the, the mobile phones, they were running at the streets. I was going out to buy a coffee with the masks and all these things. They said, oh, Jordi Gomez ran now from the street down and he was running like crazy at the streets alone. I said, okay, he's doing his program. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was an amazing time, amazing time. It's, it's an experience. Thing to of course. Do. Okay. And, you know, I was, I was lucky to be in Cyprus October 20... Was it 2020 or 2021 when we would we played Bark? Uh, no, it was yes. PSV Eindhoven at home. Yes, yes. When Jordi scored the, the goal from the halfway Amazing. line, Amazing. and I was in Cyprus, and and for me to come from the UK where everything was locked down, it was two meters to, and Cyprus was even more strict. It was you know you have to wear a mask everywhere you go. It was even yes. you know, curfews, yes. even yes. more. I mean the UK people. It was break very difficult for us. It yeah. was very difficult for us. Yeah, very difficult for us. So, how, and imagine how now that... that you said PSV, it's just to say a detail at the second game, it was an amazing team. At the game that we played in Holland, uh, at the first half, they, they destroyed us. And uh, <laughs> I remember Jonas <laughs> that he played, and I look out the GPSs, and at the half time, he was 7.5 kilometers at the half time. <laughs> And I ran to Berg, I ran to Berg, suppose he will die. <laughs> they, they, Unbelievable. they were an amazing team. They were an amazing team. Amazing team. Unbelievable. So yeah. it, you, you mentioned Johnny's and his stamina levels. Clearly, he's, he's got bags of energy. Yes. Yes. What, what kind of, um, what kind of uh, statistics surprise you most about the players? Not just in at Omonia, about you know Abuo and Buffer. Were there any players that stood out when it comes to their their fitness or their energy levels? Because we've seen, look, no disrespect, right? But the pe- when you left Omonia, it wasn't a surprise that players were dropping like flies. I know that extra intensity was put in gym sessions, the volume, the load, all of that adds up. Muscular injuries, you know, were, were common. But in terms of statistically, which which play would you look at? I think he is a god, you know, <laughs> like, like Ronaldo, for example. But the players that yes, you've, yes. you've worked with, okay, there are a lot of players. Imagine that now that we speak with Cypriot players, uh, imagine that uh, Kakuli's speed is amazing. He's inside the top ten in Europe. Mm. Top ten in Europe mm. in speed. He he is amazing. He's powerful. He has an explosiveness and, uh, and speed that is it's uh, it's uh, you cannot imagine. And this is a good thing about uh, stamina and endurance. There were a lot of players, probably mostly midfield players, not from Ammonia, because Ammonia played with experienced players more. Okay, a monster in physicality is Kusulos. A monster in physicality is Kusulos that. He can play, he, he, he gives his heart in the pitch. And if you say to him, you have to play, okay, sorry, you play today, but we have to play tomorrow, he will say, yes, <laughs> I will play. Mm-hmm. He is a monster uh, in physicality. But there were, uh, there were, uh, and foreigners, that uh, they had mostly speed and explosiveness, the foreigners. And some of the players, and, and here in Pafo, some midfielders that uh, they are amazing in stamina, they are in the top. Uh, of the players, top, top skills of the players in stamina. Um, like Kane uh, or Hotsko, the midfielders that we had, uh, that they ran 12 to 13 kilometers in every game. And mm. they had really, really good recoveries. So they could play 48 to 72 hours again. 
Uh, okay, there are a lot of players, more or less. Uh, we try to what you said, and this is a crucial thing. What you said is is about uh, managing the training loads mostly and less making uh, 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 training sessions that are good for the eye. That's what I said. Mm. Don't 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 replicate trainings from the YouTube that they look nice and do this or that. Rondos, do rondos, rondos. Training, yeah. yes, do training sessions that they, they, they will actually help the players to be better and what they miss and what they want so they can have their next step on this. And I was more of a guy that I tried with simple steps to build the players and move them to the next stage, not doing fancy drills so I can be really attractive to, to the eye or the fans. But this is how we, in the end, this is uh, what we, we leave. The, the performance is for the players. The players, yeah. performance is what they say, okay, Leonidas is a good fitness coach. Or uh, Nicolas is a good analysis coach. Or Antonis is a good head coach. It's the performance of the players in the end. It's not the fancy drills that you make and how you talk and the, if you are a happy guy or if you shout or your attitude and all these things. It's about yeah. all about performance. We need to find the keys, the points, the missing points that each and every player has because everybody has missing points and fill the gaps that there are inside there so they, you help them to fix their step and move in front. If they yeah. have higher potentials. If not, you're not a good Philip, I need to ask two uh, key questions with regards to the, the clubs that you've coached in general. Now, Omonia, Abuel, European football. We saw Ajax this season do so well in the Brothathlima. Then they got to the latter stages of the Conference League after playing Europa League, Champions League qualifiers. The burnout was there to see. The injuries yes, were there yes. to see. It was obvious. So, it was obvious. Yeah, so... How could, how can you manage that? Because I know with Omoni, we went through a bad patch in October, November time, and then we yes. bounced back after dropping out of Europe. How look, do you manage that? Look, when we started doing this thing, and uh, what we said with uh, with Mr. Berg is uh, we had a two-gear team. Two-gear team. And this is why. Because we had experienced players. Half of the team was experienced and half of the team was young and talented. And we needed to, to bring the balance inside them. The second thing is that we put a priority to, to qualify to the stages in summer. So we said we will play with the best players at the European qualifications. And I explained to Mr. Berg that if we do this and you continue doing this at the first round, at the second round, we will end up like Ajax this year. And uh, he listened to it. And uh, we, we made the plan B. And the plan B, plan B was big rotations. But he was, he's a coach that he, he's never afraid. You cannot understand what a coach Mr. Berg is. He don't cares if twenty thousand people swear to him or shouts or he don't cares. He will he's do what he Manchester thinks. United. He's, he's dealt with Ferguson. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he what if he thinks this is the correct thing to do? He don't cares about anyone else. And luckily, I convinced him that 
If we do this, we will end up at the second round and at the playoffs, and we will gather our pieces from the pits. Because we have, I don't have the time to build up the young, talented 10 guys and be at the same balance mode with experienced players and try and with experienced players to, to, to take all these loads that from the early stages of the summer. And we imagine that we played three extra times in summer eh? and we were qualified to the stages. Three extra times in three games. That's right. This was crazy. And, uh, and he made big, big uh, rotations. He had a lot of argues inside the team and outside the team, you know it, and from the fans and from inside the team. But he did what he thought it was correct. And this came up to a really good second round and to playoffs that we ran over the opponents. Because yeah. we were, in a way, as the time passed, the younger players become better and the older players were fresh. Of course. And we killed them till the end of the season. It's yeah. not, these are decisions that a head coach has to take and he needs to have big uh, personality. Personality. Cojones. <laughs> yes, cojones. Um, the, the next question leads on to Abuel. Now, as you know, I'm not their biggest fan, clearly. But you know, you went you went to that you, you went to that club with, you know, undoubtedly huge reputation, big players. You know, that summer they signed Ogriasvili, they signed uh Vili Dayan, the Best players of the league. Best players of the yeah. league as they as they thought. They thought that the players that were better last season, we will buy them. Yep. This is the and, uh, yes, I know. And and, B- and Bursa was head coach. I I think he's a top notch coach. I no, really it do. Was, it was not I really do. Bursa. No, was it? He started the first game. They sacked him, and Sofronis Agusti came. Oh, and I came with uh, Sofronis oh, after okay. one week. Okay, no, I didn't know. I, I was I was working with Sofronis. Hmm. Okay, okay, not with fair Bursa enough. That, that's an interesting one because I, I thought for some reason I thought you went before Bursa got sacked. Okay, no. fine, fair enough. Because it was the 4 0 loss against Buffer, and then that's when exactly. it kind of went downhill. After the first game, it was a national team break, and they called me. The president, Brother Mos Coldman, he said, Come down, we need you. Okay, okay. And I, now, I came to the team. I, 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 <laughs> okay, I'm just going to ask it. What, what is the president like? Because I know he loves the club. Okay, he's, he's blatantly an Upperworld fan. He loves the club. He's highly respected by many. He's disliked by many. It's it's almost as if a lot of decisions have been made that have affected the club clearly off the field. I'm not going to go into the financial side, but on the field, they haven't clicked. They they went close last season. They went close the year before. But... We were we were last season. We were. This way, this close to make the biggest comeback in the Cypriot League ever. We closed the gap of... It was nine points. Nine points, yeah. We closed the gap of 14, 15 points. When we Mm. were at the team, we were at the last uh, positions. And with Sofronis, we were at the last positions. And we started building the team. And at the second round, the team did an amazing run-up. And we closed a, a huge gap, over 12 points, 13 points. And we were 
one game away from uh, from uh, winning the league, and it's it's the game when we lost from uh, Apollon. If we won yeah. Apollon, we were taking the, the title. Two two, I think two games before two the games end. ago, yeah. Because yeah, I think you had Anorthosi next, and then the, the yes, last and then okay, we were fucked up mentally. We could not stand in our fit after that. We lost this game, and I think that we deserved more from this game. But okay, this is my opinion. Anyway, this is uh, okay. Well, you asked about the, the president of Apoel, and in my mind, I I did not uh, uh, met. I didn't meet a lot of uh, Apoel fans. But I have, uh, I think that he is the biggest fan of the team. Uh, his love for the team, his life is a team. Just to say, it, his life is a team. I don't know, okay, about reputations, what we think he did, what we heard, and all these things, okay. I don't want conjecture. To get inside conjecture. This, okay. we'll that I don't want to get inside mm. these discussions. I don't care, it's not my job, and uh, everybody writes his own history. I speak about the human, the person. He's a huge lover, a huge a huge fan, maybe the, the biggest fan of the team. He, he may give his life for the team. This okay. is uh, the sense that he left. Uh, he left. And he's a guy that right. he tried because I had two years contract with Abuel. I had a yes. two-year contract with Apoel and I broke, I broke it down. Uh, I broke it down. I did not uh, ask for any salaries or anything. I just wanted to live as a friend. And I broke it down uh, on summer because I disagreed with some of his decisions that we spoke about at a coffee that we had in summer uh, in the presence of two other guys about the future of Apoel. And I said my thoughts, he said his thoughts, and they, they were different. And I said, okay, I don't want to, to be part of the team anymore because if I don't feel that I am uh, I'm bonded to this, I'm devoted to this uh, thing, I will not do my job 100%. It's better for me to leave. That's understandable. And to be honest, again, that season... I don't remember Abua having many injuries with players. And I compare it to this season just gone where, again, people were dropping like flies. And I'm thinking, at what point do you say it's got to do with the training session, surely, or the amount of load or the amount of running that, Ooh. even the pitches, even the state to of the be, pitches. Inside. Yes, 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 yes. Even the, in the, even the pitches pre- plays a role, but the preparation phases plays a huge role and the training load management plays a huge role. Plus their their life, the life of the players, but the daily life, their routines. Uh, to be true, and with Apoel, we had some injuries. Okay, it was in a manager, uh, we could manage it, but we had some injuries. We came up, uh, and with Sofronis, we came up in September uh, after the first game that they played, official game that they played. We tried to put the players in the routine that we wanted. And then we had in uh, December, a coronavirus crash to the team and I had almost all the team for two and a half months with coronavirus. Some guys were coming, some guys were going, some guys were coming, some guys were going. And I remember I had triple groups, there was about a month, that everybody in Arhagelos had the virus, 
everybody, assistant coaches, kitmen, uh, board players, everyone. Ball and boys, was, they can't throw the ball on the pitch. <laughs> everyone. And it was only me and Sophronis that we stayed out of the virus. We didn't have the virus. It was so, for a period. Sophronis is a cat. He doesn't get the COVID. And we were going there, making double or triple groups for a period. And then some assistant coaches were coming, helping. And then another guy from the staff was out. And then some other players. And then some other were coming. But there I, I, I gave my 1,000% my of my knowledge inside there. And I said to Prodromos, in a way, when we talked, remember last season, the season that we won the league, last season that coronavirus hit Arhangelos again. What you did after December? He brought the guy from Ireland, the coach from Ireland and all these things. Mick McCarthy. Exactly. The team went out of the first six because of the virus. They, they were crushed out. But they had a, a really, really different approach of what we did. And I said to Prodromos, this year, after the coronavirus hit us in the second round, what we did, he didn't speak. And Prodromos said to me, and I said, just to understand, because you are a president, just to understand the employers, what we did, what we tried to do, how we tried to, to bring the balance, because training is a living thing. It changes every minute inside the field. It's not written in books. It's not about, or else everybody would do the same. Something comes up. We need, you need to change fast. You need to adapt. You need to, to push. You need to hold back. You need to, to do things all the time. And this is how, what a lot of people from the board that they're giving their money, they cannot understand. They think that if I buy the best players or if I buy, if I do this or if I do that, I will uh, win the title. It's not so easy or everybody would do this thing. For sure, for sure. Now, the, the final football-related question I have to ask is of your time at Buffer. And the, the question that people are going to say to me, oh, why, why did you ask this question instead of that question? The one I want to know for this particular podcast, I look at your situation at Armonia and Abuel and the restrictions, Let's just use that word. And then you go to Buffer and you look at their training facilities. And from what I understand and from what I've seen, they are levels ahead of most clubs if not all the clubs in Cyprus. So are you going in there like a kid in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where, you know, you've got all the sweets and all of the, all the chocolates, all the, all the good stuff. Well, not, not good stuff, but good for the, I don't know, for the sugar rush, I guess. So are you going in there looking at Buffalo's facility saying, I can really do something with this? It, uh, they have good facilities. They are not top-level facilities. They are good facilities. Really? Okay. No, they are not top-level facilities. If you, if you go to... European clubs, you see that there's a big difference. But but well, for Cyprus, are, well, for Cyprus, for Cyprus they are uh, top. Top, okay. For Cyprus they are top. For Cyprus uh, to work in Cyprus. But if you want to break the board, you have to do more than the maintenance mode that I told. Um, but they are in an okay mode. They, they try to do things. Uh, they try to give you all the equipment to work. They try to, they don't do, they try to. Um, 
What you say they tried because they're worried about the financial element, or is it more no, no, because no, no, it's, no, no, no. it's, it's the same finances. culture as the other clubs? It's, no, it's not about finances. It's about knowledge. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's just, not about even, finances. They they even, can they can if they want if they want uh, they can uh, create a, a small. Uh, Lab. They can do a laboratory and create. No, they can create a a small Man United in the island. They can do this if they want. Of course. So to do it, to do it, and this is what everybody that listens us has to understand: is it's not about money. It's about money, but it's about knowledge too. I think it's it's perfect because it goes back round to the beginning to when we were talking about mentality. You know, we were we were talking about Omonia and Abuel, the mentality, the clubs in Cyprus, the mentality. And then you've got Buffer, who have got different owners. We won't go into that, but it's a different culture from where they come from. Yes, but you'd exactly. think they would have a different mentality. Don't get me wrong. Their marketing is perfect. Their Top. social media is perfect. Top. There's Addis are very close. I think Addis and Buffer are the same for me. Not in marketing and in, uh, in, in, the, in the marketing I think they are okay. I, I think that Aris at this moment uh, is the team that is making the correct moves to develop the yeah. club. Yeah, it's not sure. to, to develop a club. You don't need to have good marketing, a top marketing. You need to have good marketing. You need to have top decisions to help the field so you can uh, move to the next stage. This is what will make you make the next stage and not Facebook. For sure, for sure. So let's go one more thing before, because God, my goodness, we've almost done an hour, Phile. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Who who (laughs) will listen to this? It's too long. (laughs) No, no, trust me, people will listen. I'll make sure they listen. Okay, Um, trust you. the, 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 The final thing is obviously about your company. Can you tell us about it? Tell us your aims, your ambitions, Long term, obviously, don't give me any secrets because I don't want people to copy your ideas. But you know, what are the plans? I I had it at the back of my head for about a decade that I started uh, putting it on a paper. All my ideas, a scientific support company that uh, will help all the the parts that are involved in football: clubs, individuals, players, coaches, uh, scientific supporting staff. Uh, in all the ways that they want to be helped by training sessions, uh, educational seminars, digital marketing, in all the aspects. And this was an idea. And I said, I will leave this when I, I finish with the clubs because the time will pass. And I'm not a guy, I'm a guy that I want to live uh, with my family and my kids and I won't, don't want to be around the world. But when the time comes, I will devote all my energy to this idea. Unfortunately, uh, this came now because uh, at the time that I took the decision to finish with Paphos, after the proposal that they made me and I said no, they made the proposal because I waited them too long and they made the proposal at the 30th of June. And at the 30th of June, all the teams are closed with their staffs. teams, the clubs that are at the European qualification games, they started preparations. And now I'm here without a club because 
everybody's filled up and everybody's running. And I said, okay, maybe a bad thing or a decision that I took will turn up to a good thing. And I said to myself, maybe now it's the time to push a little bit the S11 Limited and try to spend all my energy to this thing and try to, to develop all these parts so I can bring all the, the scientific support that I can, me and my colleagues, because I have guys behind me, scientists behind me in all, uh, in all the, the positions that they can hold in teams and clubs, that we can create a supporting tool for the boards, the clubs, the players, the coaches, uh, in all the ways, all the aspects. And I, uh, I think I, I like it a lot. Uh, it's a time do to you do have, it. Do you have any trips to Sweden planned? Uh, no, <laughs> we speak. We speak with Henning. Okay, we speak with Henning. I, I, I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say. No, no, no. But we, we speak with Henning, and, and I said, I said to him, no, I said the truth. I said the truth. I said, okay, listen, my guy and my my kid now, my son is five, four to five. Oh, nice. I want him. Good age. And, yes, and I want him to be in a Greek school. And he said, ah, okay, I understand it. I appreciate it. I, I, but I said to him, if you take a national team, I can come because it's a part-time job. It's not a full-time job. Course. So maybe we can work something out. Maybe. You never know. You never you know. Never well, know. Okay, never know. Phile, I, I, do you know what? Um, I need to thank you for two things. First of all, for appearing on this podcast and taking the time. As I said, you're a very busy guy. You've got a lot going on in your life. And if there's anything I can do to help you or collaborate with you, it'll be an absolute honor. And the second thing I need to thank you for, and this is on behalf of a lot of Ammonia fans. I know people are going to say, oh, whatever, this isn't Ammonia pod, but you know, I'm an Ammonia fan. I'm just going to say it. thank you for your hard work and efforts in the time where the club was in a dark period, where I know players weren't getting paid on time, where there was so much uncertainty around the club. You stuck through it. You worked hard with the youngsters, and I'm, I'm pretty certain most of the youngsters who you work with appreciate everything that you've done and you played a massive part in their development. I'd like to thank you for the memories. I'd like to thank you for just giving, even, even the podcast that I do, giving it that push because I think Omonia's success helped grow the platform and you were an integral part of it. So I can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm really, really happy with this talk. And maybe now that the time came, I was ready to talk really easy about all these things, all these details that maybe when you are in a club or you are an employer somewhere, I cannot talk about this story, I cannot talk about that. But I don't yeah. want to keep them inside me. I will not die by keeping all these details inside me. So I'm really, really happy with all this conversation. And I'm well, really happy with all the fans. Uh, okay, of course, for all the other teams and especially for Omonia fans that... Uh, they gave me a, a huge support and, they, and they, it, it was a massive thing that happened. And I think it's uh, something that uh, came in from me and from them. And I really appreciate it. And I'm really I feel lucky that uh, I had all these good times, good things and celebrations and all this and uh, have really, really close friends from Omonia. Well, like Phile, I know... I know you're going to be a success. 
regardless of where you go or what you do, because I've, I've seen your track record. And this is the thing, you can't buy experience and you can't, you know, these are things that you learn from day to day, from when you get up, from the discipline, from, you know, brushing your teeth in the morning to doing the, the standard things. This is something that you've done. You've lived, breathed it. This is a massive part of your life. And I don't think this is the end for you. In fact, I think it's the, I think it's the, it's the end of the beginning. It's the end of the beginning. So, um, you know, some, some, I keep saying this, some say they go the fastest, but you go the furthest. That's all that matters. So there you go. Boys and girls, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back very, very soon. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at This Is Mappa. We have an Instagram at This Is Mappa. I'm going to put all of Leonidas' Instagram and all of his social media, his company, all of that is in the description. Um, and yeah, we'll be back very, very soon. So until next time, adios.